Chapter 3 of Goose Quill Papers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Goose Quill Papers by Louise Imogen Guinea. An Open Letter to the Moon. To the Celestial and My Soul's Idol, the Most Beautified. It might appear to us an imperative, though agreeable duty, most high and serene, madam, to waft towards you occasionally a transcript of our humble doings on this nether planet, were we not sure, in the matter of friendly understanding, that we opened correspondence long ago. You were one of our earliest familiars. You stood in that same office to our fathers and mothers, back to your sometime contemporary, Adam of the Garden. And while we are worried into acquiescence with years, cares, wrinkles, and such inevitable designs of age, we are more pleased than envious to discover that you grow never old to the outward eye, and that you appear the same lovesome Lady Bright as when we first stared at you from a child's pillow. You are acquainted, not by hearsay, but by actual evidence with our family history, having seen what sort of figure our ancestors cut, and being infinitely better aware of the peculiarities of the genealogical shrub than we can ever be. Therefore we make no reference to a matter so devoid of novelty, but we do mean to frankly free our mind on the subject of your ladyship's own behavior. We take this resolve to be no breach of that exalted courtesy which befits us no less than you in your skyward station. We have in part lost our ancient respect for you, a sorry fact to chronicle. There were once various statements floating about our cradle, complimentary to your supposed virtues. You were Phoebe, twin to Phoebus, goddess excellently bright, a queen having a separate establishment, coming into a deserted court by night, and kindling it into more than daytime revelry. You were an enchantress the tutelary divinity of water-sprites and greensward fairies. Your presence was indispensable for felicitous dreams. To be moonstruck then meant to be charmed inexpressibly, to be lifted off our feet. Now we allow that you may have suffered by misrepresentation, or else are we right in detecting your arts. For by all your starry handmaidens you are not what we took you to be. We are informed. Our quantum faith in you almost beshrews the day we learn to read, that you are a timid dependent only of the sun, afraid to show yourself while he is on his peregrinations, that you slyly steal the garb of his splendor as he lays it aside, and blaze forthwith in your borrowed finery. You are no friend to innocent goblins, but a better to housebreakers, you are a conspirator in many direful deeds, attending base nocturnal councils, and tacitly arraigning yourself against the law. Let us be Diana's foresters, gentlemen of the shade, governed as the sea is by our noble and chaste mistress, the moon under whose countenance we steal. Was it not well said, not frankly? Your gossip is the ominous owl, and not Titania your inconstancy to come on delicate ground, shineth above your other characteristics. Since we have seen your color come and go, 
we surmise there is no dearth of intrigue and repartee up there and being moreover well acquainted with the texture of your red and your grey veil we infer that you masquerade periodically at very unseasonable hours of painting your complexion we are disposed to acquit you yet it is a severe blow to us to learn from the most trustworthy sources that you wax Celine artemis you are worldly beyond worldlings we hear that you have quarters and that you jingle them triumphantly in the ears of orion who is nobody but a poor hunter beware of the exasperation of the lower classes whose awakening is what we call below a french revolution who indeed that hath a moat in his eye cannot still discern a huge beam in yours you are in grievous need of a resident missionary considering that you persist in obstinate schisms and flaunt that exploited orientalism the crescent in the face and eyes of christendom you are much more distant and reserved o beguiler than you pretend your temper is said to be volcanic you that were diana who is this falstaffian toby belchian criss kringlish person we see about your premises he hangeth his great ruddy comfortable fizz out of your casements and holdeth it sideways with a wink or a leer we look on him as an officious rascal he peereth where you only by privilege have permission to enter he hath the evil eye he thinketh himself a proper substitute for you and king of the illuminary he reproduceth your smile and scattereth your largesses he maketh faces we say it shudderingly at your worshippers below frequently hath he appropriated kisses that were blown to you personally or consigned to you for delivery from one sweetheart to another o lady o light dispenser think we hereby beseech you of the danger of his being taken for you picture the discomfiture of your minstrel who intoning a rapturous recital of your charms and casting about for a sight of your delectable loveliness is confronted instead with that broad ingenuous vagabond in some such despairing rage as the minstrels must have been the inventor of the german tongue who discarded all other chances of observation after once beholding this thing eclept your man and angrily insisted on de monde the moon as the proper mode of speech get you straightway a more acceptable minion one of more chivalric habit of more spare and ascetic exterior your credit and our comfort demand it pray you remember lest know we of your interminable starry neighbours is mars civil or heavy saturn capable of laughter hath a comet vexed you that tireless incendiary doth leo roar too loudly on your sensitive ear we fancy that the dipper is replenished frequently in your ladyship's court that the milky way is pleasantest of your pastures that the scorpion guardeth your palace gateway and that aquarius be he not delinquent tendeth your flower-beds what scenes cosmopolite circumnavigator universalist have you beheld what joy what plenty what riot and desolation you are the arch spectator death sees not half so widely he lurketh like an anxious thief in the crowd seeking what he may take away 
but your bland leisurely eye looketh down impartially on all caravans rested a thousand years ago beneath you in the desert assyrian shepherds chanted to you with their long hushed voices the euphrates while the infant world fell into its first slumber leaped up and played with you in paradise you have known the chaos before man and yet we saw you laugh upon last april's rain are there none for whom you are lonely through the ages are there not centuries of old delight in your memory unequalled now faces fairer than the lilies on whose repose you still yearn to shine do you miss the smoke of altars have you forgotten the beginners of the starry pointing pyramid can you not tell us a tale of the visigoth how sang blundell against the prison door how brawny was bajazet how fair was helen semiramis how cruel moon where be the treasures of the doughty kid where too is the slow mysterious evening of our childhood or its dawn anticipating change as you turned away or rather where is the child that enjoyed them by your kindly ray retaining now all of which was its identity only the dense sleep the illimitable dreams of those intervening nights do you call to mind you that saw them often its after-supper frolics its halloween captures despite tub and candle its inopportune studies stolen out of mere greediness to know a fever long subsided you were kind to that something of yesterday dead as a menifest now gleam in some recess of the south to-night on bright-eyed f who answered its young jests and journeyed with it over the icy river arm in arm and on b g austere yet gentle who played brutus once to its cassius and rise not rise not too soon upon our philippi you have been fed o cynthia upon the homage of mortal lips you have had praises from the poets exquisite as calibus and myrrh many a time have we rehearsed before you such as we recall from the sigh of anarborus o sovereign mistress of true melancholy to the hymnal orbid maiden with white fire laden or the noble salutation of a mirthful mournful spirit overseas o thou art beautiful howe'er it be huntress or dyad or whatever named and he the various pagan that first framed his silver idol and ne'er worshipped thee drummond sydney milton glorified your wanderings and your truest votary one john keats spake out boldly that the oldest shade midst oldest trees feels palpitations when thou lookest in you are an incorrigible charmer but as you are likewise a relief to the poor patient oyster where he sleeps within his pearly house we infer with pleasurable surprise that you are something better a humanitarian now we venture to assert that you remember compliments meant to be of this same orphic strain and ascribed to you of which we are not wholly guiltless we have all but knelt to you the primeval heathen has stirred within us we have been under the witchery of isis we aspire to be a moonshi rather than any potentate of this universe we wound you not with the analytic eye nor startle you with telescopes 
the skepticisms of astronomy enter not into our rubric are you not comely do you not spiritualize the darkness with one touch of your pale garment then what are they to us your dimensions and your distances gross vanity of knowledge abuse of earthly privileges if we affect the abusive shy of more ceremonious forms of address forgive us luna we make recantation and disown our banter we extend a hand of cordiality even to your man how blithe and beauteous he is he is embodied gentility we bow to him as your anointed viceroy your illustrious nuncio you know our immemorial loyalty nor shall our rogueries teach you so late to doubt it forgive us benignant peaceful affable propitious moon poet are we not nor lunatic nor lover but that we love thee best o most best believe it End of chapter 3